We made this. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Red and Buried podcast. I'm Frankie. I'm Sarah. And today we have a very exciting, wonderfully talented and just nice person author with us today. We have Ella King. Hi. Hi everyone. Hi Ella King. How are you doing? I'm really good. Really good. Just, you know, Friday, wanting Mm, the week to end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I do feel a little bit saw because originally Ella had said this was going to be her first podcast and then she cheated on us and did another one in December so sloppy seconds is it then sorry I'm just like that (laughs) (laughs) you're too in demand is the problem I think oh thank you no (laughs) so um we always start off our author interviews with a little bio I always disclaim it with Frankie wrote it so if you've got any (laughs) issues with it take it up with her Yep, no accountability ever. Ever, no, or any work either. I, I just nope. show up and talk, that's it. Um, so, Ella King is a Singaporean novelist living in London. She read philosophy and theology at Oxford University and is a corporate lawyer. A graduate of Faber Academy's novel writing programme, she won the Blue Pencil Pitch Prize 2019 and came third in the Aurora Prize for Short Fiction 2019. She was inspired to write Bad Fruit by the stories her grandmother told her and her volunteer work with anti-human trafficking and domestic violence charities. She is also very lovely, a delight to speak to and has excellent stories about her family. Is that all true, Ella? I feel like that is all true, but it is nice (laughs) hearing it out loud because I feel like some kind of saint. (laughs) You are. Oh, so I I finished Bad Fruit, which we'll talk about in a second, which both Sarah and I really loved, genuinely loved. Yeah. And it was so good. I really enjoyed it. And then I read your bio at the back of the book and I was just like, she's like how are you a real person you're just so talented and good at everything and just like nice and caring about other people and all that stuff like how do you how do you do it what's your secret (laughs) I I don't think I'm a real person no I've got a six month old baby who you cannot hear right now but is generally crying at the background because her father cannot hear her from downstairs so um no I'm not um so yeah I've had my daughter pretty recently and I have no time to do anything I have no time to wait for toast to actually (laughs) toast (laughs) I literally don't have time for my life so I don't feel very real right now but thank you (laughs) it blows my mind that you've just had a child so recently because when I met you at Capital Crime and you mentioned it I was like you you do not you look like you've just had a child you're just yeah unbelievable how do you yeah how how okay Sorry, we're getting no, off topic going frankie <laughs> i know but i'm just really like how how it is really yeah no it is it is tricky it's really tricky right now because i'm supposed to be writing my second mm. which was due in june 2022 but my daughter <laughs> came in july 2022 oh so well, it's I'm, her fault then i know i'm very 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 late <laughs> and at some point someone is going to want to talk to me about where this novel is but they haven't mm. that far so I feel like I've you know I'm staying under the radar for the moment but I, I should use this time to actually write my novel but it's very hard because I have to do it whenever Cordelia naps which is random <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's a pretty good excuse I think having a, a baby to keep alive is quite 
quite yeah. consuming. Yeah, it is quite consu- uh, quite time consuming. But yeah, I, I think I just need to, I need to do it. I have done a draft, kind of. <sighs> I say, I say, I say to half Collins, I've done a draft. I hope they don't listen to this, but I have done a draft. <laughs> I don't think they we do, won't you're okay. <laughs> hey, Sarah. It's shockingly <laughs> bad. <laughs> I'm sure um, it's not. But yeah, I think I'm also like, really obsessive as well. So I like to obsess about, sentences for months and months and I just don't have the time to do that with this novel mm. I think for the first it's a bit easier because you're kind of writing to no one no one is reading it at that point so you can be really obsessive but I can't be obsessive anymore I just have to get it done that's really funny because we interviewed uh, Lexi Elliott yesterday and she said almost exactly the same thing that she, she has to have her first yeah. draft be really really clean and writing yeah. the first one was much easier because she didn't have the deadlines and yeah oh, it's mm. not so simple <laughs> I know and it's it, it is weird with the second one because I do have my editor and my agent who are saying you could actually let us read some and I'm just <laughs> so weird about it and I know that I'm being weird you know when you like meta know you're being weird yeah. but you can't <laughs> you can't stop it on like a real level you can't stop yourself from being really weird <laughs> so I'm struggling with though. myself <laughs> yeah because you I imagine you feel very vulnerable in that moment when if it's something that you feel a bit unsure about anyway then going oh here all these people that my career depends upon do you want to have a quick look like yeah. I can imagine that's quite a daunting prospect yeah it is and I I, I did let my um my agent Helly have a look and she basically cut this entire character and I was really devastated because I'd only written like 10,000 words and when she cut this character it was about 5,000 words (laughs) (laughs) halved the entirety of my work but then no she was actually right and I've now taken it out because I think because on on bad through I bad 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 fruit bad fruit bad fruit fruit. your book yeah yeah yeah, that one whatever (laughs) I'd gone from a cast of there was there's quite a lot of people in that family and Mm -hmm. that's quite that's much easier to write scenes about whereas in my new novel there's only really two characters and I was really nervous going from Mm -hmm. having a bigger cast to a smaller cast and so I just like wrote all these characters to try and make me feel better. I thought you were going to say that you were down to one character because you cut one of the <laughs> yeah. two, and that no. was the monologue. No, that, that 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 would make me feel really bad. But yeah, it's just it, when your when your agent just sees through all your messing, it's just so devastating. <laughs> but she's very good at it. I'm sure you're far too hard on yourself and I'm sure it's actually really, really good and will be fantastic when you, you feel ready to share it with the world. The world, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I have no doubt. Because Sarah and I both really enjoyed Bad Fruit, yeah. as, I, as I said. From when I met you, we, we talked a bit about families and things when yeah. we met, uh, which I won't necessarily go into any detail about because there's some <laughs> stuff in there. But uh, I found the way that you write about family to be so kind of honest and real. Mm-hmm. Like it, you kind of covered the, the good bits, the bad bits, the kind of in-between bits so well. How much of that is from your own experience with family? Um... Some of it is obviously inspired by my own experience, but I think I think for me, when I wrote Bad Fruit, what I wanted to do was really convey 
a lot of generational issues, which I see a lot coming up in the families that um, families and the women that I tend to do a lot of work with. And um, I just felt like our understandings of domestic violence and domestic abuse don't in fiction don't really match up to what they are in real life. Mm. And I just really wanted to examine that and interrogate that because sometimes I feel like the media representation of like victims and perpetrators is too black and white and people don't really see that there is a spectrum of um, a spectrum between victim and perpetrator, which I, I find quite interesting. I think I'm just interested mm. in things that are that people don't want to talk about, that mm. people might misunderstand um, and that are kind of misrepresented. And I just like to think about why we do that. Why do we... Because you always get these Daily Mail stories of these horrifically abusive mothers and you never really... No one ever really interrogates why that happened or... I think we like we like to hear stories of purely good people and purely bad people, mm. whereas I like to kind of see the 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 in between. But that's also what thriller thriller writers do as well. They like to kind of examine why a character is capable of doing something. I, I said thriller writers as if I'm not one because yes. I don't, think... <laughs> which is weird because I'm on this podcast. But I, remember, but I said to you when we were at that event that I was I was confused about why they'd asked me to come because like nobody dies really. Nobody dies, but there's definitely a thriller feel to your book. I would say, yeah. like it's there's underlying thrillerness and a lot of the themes within it and everything yeah not not a typical like you know usual standard thriller by any stretch but I think that's what makes it so interesting mm. okay yeah I think I think I always feel uncomfortable with the thriller label not because they look down on thrillers at all but because when I started the book it didn't have that pacing at all and the pacing was an overlay that I did much later on so I feel like psychologically I'm wedded to my earlier version (laughs) so what in your head what genre did you put it in when you were first writing it oh it doesn't make sense at all now but it was magical realism I know Uh, I can kind of get that because actually there was a moment I don't think it's giving much away to say obviously right at the beginning Lily starts having these memories that aren't hers right so I can see exactly how it would have gone that way and I did wonder Mm. initially Yeah, so I really, yeah, I really like magical realism as a concept. So it was originally that there was no, there was no real explanation for why she was having these flashbacks. In fact, it turned into, I really like this, but nobody else did. (laughs) But it turned into this um, thing at the end where she has this crazy gift and she can see everybody's memories and it's like crazy. I know, but um, nobody liked that. Um, I had a lot of ideas that nobody liked. I was really disappointed. <laughs> I wanted to kill a lot of the characters at the end. Oh. I know, I know. But my um, my my editor said that the US really hate it when you do things like that because they like happy endings. I quite like a happy ending as well. No, Sarah, oh. no. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's more realistic to not be happy. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I don't. I was going to say I don't read bit, books to get realism, but that's not quite true. But yeah, I just like it to be wrapped up nicely. <laughs> so one of the um, original reasons for the flashbacks was that Lily has a brain tumor, and it bursts at the end, oh. and then <gasps> that would she dies. To be fair, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. I love that it. Wasn't allowed. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say though. I mean, not again, no spoilers or anything. But I wouldn't say the ending is a hundred percent happy in Bad Fruit because no. it's, it's more just. A, the journey has been it's a, it's a positive ending i would say more than a right. happy one it's a realistic but that's, happy but that's ending. real yeah, yeah yeah it's not like a fluffy and then they all you know kissed and made up and everybody had a lovely time at yeah Christmas yeah year. but it isn't people dying <laughs> no no there's no brain tumors exploding sadly <laughs> no. maybe next time maybe, maybe the next book next time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, leave that one remaining character if you get (laughs) a bursting brain tumour in one of the two. Yeah, no, I I can't kill off anyone this one. It's already depressing enough. (laughs) Oh, excellent. (laughs) I can't wait for this book. It's amazing. Thrilled. I found that um, Bad Fruit, I think part of the reason I really loved it is because it's so character driven. Is your next one in a similar vein as well? Yes. It would have yeah. been awkward if you said no then. I'd be like, oh, okay. no, oh, I hate it, character. Well, it, it has to be because there's only two bloody characters. Yeah. <laughs> really, really struggling with one. Okay, so I'll just explain what the second one is about. So the second one is, it's a it's a kind of feminist sequel to Lolita. Okay. You know, it you know, wasn't going to be happy, right? No. Um, wow. But, I didn't see that coming, to no, be honest. Yeah, so in the original Lolita... Um, Lolita dies when she's 17 in this car crash um, but when I was doing reading about this which I just I just tend to research all this random stuff that just interests me mm. there's a whole bunch of Nabokov scholars who actually think that this the entirety of Lolita is all in Humbert Humbert's head and all of these details are naturally not true I mean obviously none of this is true because it, it's yeah. just like yeah but then I started thinking, actually, what if Lolita was still alive and she was in her 30s and she meets Humbert Humbert when he comes out of jail and she confronts him. But it's transported into um, modern day kind of post Me Too. And so she has all the language to address grooming and what he's done to her and how he's ruined her life. But wow. at some point, yeah. But at some point, the tables get turned and he manages to kind of regain power over her and what happens. So, I, wow, that sounds incredible. That's giving yeah. me kind of my dark Vanessa vibes. I don't know yeah. if you've read that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I, I, I read my dark Vanessa once and then I had this idea afterwards and I thought I can't actually read my dark Vanessa again because no. my little magpie mind will totally yeah. just steal stuff from her and I just that would just be really bad so I just haven't read it again but I did really like it but this sounds like a really interesting concept oh my god I'm itching to read this now please 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 finish it put your baby down and work on your book please unbelievable prioritize please yeah yeah but yeah so it is very character driven because wow there are these two characters and I'm having a real problem writing my pedo character there's very yeah. little material Dog. that's legal that you can read about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, careful with your Google searches on that I know. one. Jesus. I know. Thank, thank God you're really a lawyer. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really, I'm curious, like, which character you've cut now. Did you give her, like, a wise cracking sidekick or something <laughs> to just, like, throw in the mix? No, I wish. No, I gave her this, <laughs> I gave her this kind of annoying younger sister who is this kind of perfect younger sister um, who doesn't know she has this backstory because she's hidden it from her and everything. Oh. But 
um, and she still might come back, <laughs> but it was right to kind of cut her from the beginning. So, oh god, no, really intriguing. I I do want to just go back to bad fruit for a second. I love the sound of this. Oh my god, <laughs> the food you were writing about. I want I want to eat all of it off the dinner sets as well. <laughs> yeah, not the not the um out of date juice no. so much, no. but the rest of it. Yes, I'm actually looking at a really nice tin cat which I bought from Singapore it's like right there <laughs> um, but yeah no I am um, really bad at cooking like really bad at cooking oh, really? um, and I'm a very aspirational cooker and just actually just like to eat <laughs> a lot but um, whenever I go to Singapore I love all of these dishes and everything so it was really nice to be able to write about that um, mm. and I did go on this really cool um, it was almost like a food trip with my cousins who I'd grown up. So we, my cousins are American. And during the summers, we would we would all just meet in Singapore and we would just eat loads of food and stuff. Wow. So a couple of years ago for the book, I went back to Singapore with my cousins to basically go on this food journey. And it was amazing. Brilliant. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. And we just ate loads of food. And my well, Lauren, one of my cousins is really she's really good at cooking so she's the one who got that do you, do you remember in the book there's this um I can't remember what it's called now but it's like a biscuit maker that's like an iron yes yeah yes because I want one yeah I read it I should, like, yeah I need it's, that. it's so cool um I do have hmm. it but I was yeah I so Lauren was telling me about it and we bought one together um and it's just it's just so beautiful and you just can't buy them anywhere else apart from Singapore and then they're like ten dollars oh. or something it's great oh god I'm just thinking about dinner. Okay, back in back in the room. Biscuits, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. This is a question we ask every author we have on, and it's slightly. In- this will be an interesting answer, I reckon, from for this book in particular. But if okay. you could be a character in your book, who would you be? I would probably be Julia because she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she is very cool. So Julia is like the, the older sister, and she just loves blowing up family dynamics and I think because I'm innately the opposite of Julia like I'm the kind of person who would have things that I would want to say in my head and then subsequently rehearse them for ages even though the moment had passed (laughs) Um, and I just wish that I wasn't that person and I wish sometimes that I would just say exactly what I want and everything would just blow up and that would be amazing but I'm not so I think I'd be Julia. But then I was also thinking when I got that question from you that there's part of me that also slightly wants to be Charlie, just maybe for a, a day. Um, yeah. I think I'd be a bit freaked out cutting up dead bodies though, but I think in a more low-key, non-cutty way, I might <laughs> want to just be a friend with the father. It's such an interesting job. Yeah. And he's got he's got his little his no no spoilers, got got a bit of money to himself as well. He could go do got some Got a fun bit of stuff. money. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah, it'd be fun to be Charlie just for a little bit. <laughs> really, really interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. hmm. Less cutty. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's the perfect <laughs> way. <laughs> Less cutting sort of way. Yeah, because it's it's tricky, I guess, because obviously the characters are all very complex in their own way and no yeah. one's as you say but in life people are, are complex and nobody's 100% good 100% bad like you like you've right. said so even with with Julia like obviously yeah she's probably the most fun and outspoken outgoing but she's obviously incredible got her own issues and everything. yeah 
I um kind of thought that you might say Saskia, actually. Oh, good one. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, I I do really like Lewis as well. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah, so many of my characters. Lewis is a good one. I fell in love with Lewis and Saskia, I think. Yes. Oh, Lewis. I forgot about Lewis. Though. I might want to be Lewis. <laughs> because yeah. he just, he does slightly just swan around. I mean, it is summer for him, yeah. so he isn't really working but he's got this little garden project and he's really wise and he's just really great and he lives in a really nice house and I say this because this house is real I used to walk past it all the time when um when I had just had my first daughter because she wouldn't sleep and I would walk her across the heath and there is a house that says that's about this that you know has one of those blue pa- plaques mm. and it's like color explorer and I always imagine setting part of a novel in there so I did Amazing. it's wow. a good house you're just looking through the windows fogging up the glass yeah exactly making notes. <laughs> yeah there's so many dodgy photos of that house <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it that's brilliant see maybe it is a thriller in that you basically stalked the owners of that house before you wrote the book I do I do actually stalk quite a lot of people because (laughs) I do I do it's really weird because one of my issues is like casual yeah I really struggle with describing faces and imagining what characters look like and I couldn't for ages figure out what Lewis looked like and then I saw this man in Greenwich (laughs) (laughs) and I was in the I was in it was we were in the playground it was super dodgy and I said, to, I said, I, we were, I was with my husband and my daughter, who was, you know, being normal and being in the playground. And I said to him, like, I've got to, I've got to just stalk this man for a bit. And he's just used to me being really weird. So he's like, fine, whatever. And I just videoed him for eight. And <laughs> <laughs> really um, he was perfect. He was literally perfect. And he had his little backpack on and he was like really nice to his son and perfect <laughs> that's that's amazing do you still have the video i don't know i probably probably uh, do. I haven't deleted the police it. took it <laughs> <laughs> but the, the same oh. thing happened with the you know there's um, a garden in bad fruit where they're all doing all this this gardening yeah. so it was closed during lockdown and i actually i was so desperate to get into it i've got my husband who's really tall to hoik me over like <laughs> over the wall so that i could take those pictures so yeah, I'm just dodgy on so many fronts. <laughs> this is brilliant. I love it. Wow. And I'm almost frightened to ask this next question now, but we ask every author, what do you enjoy most about the writing process? Talking. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Following people and filming them. Oh no, this is it. Now, now this is going to sound bad when I've told you that. But brilliant. I, I was going to say that when... I say it's part of my writing process. For me, that's just a really good excuse to be really weird. <laughs> and to Getting that. <laughs> in all the weird stuff that I I do. So one of the other things I do is, and my daughter really likes it as well, so we're like really weird together. It's great. Um, <laughs> is um, we like collecting weird things from like the beach. So we, we live in Greenwich, but they have all these Thames beaches. And the beaches are really grotty, but there's loads of, stuff that washes up and my husband's like this is this is like just picking this is just litter picking it's really weird um <laughs> but me and my daughter we just love we, we there's usually sea glass and there's probably like an old carcass so for ages I had this old crab carcass outside my house and my husband was like this 
Jake, you need to do something about this. <laughs> and I said, no, it's like really authentic. I'm going to write about it. And smell it's it my and process. It. <laughs> it's part of my process. <laughs> um, and that, I think that gives me some latitude that I wouldn't normally have. I love it. Ella, you, you... <laughs> weird. Really weird. I wasn't expecting any of this. This is amazing. <laughs> no. oh. Well, I mean, I might be even more frightened to ask the next question of what do you enjoy least about the writing process? Not having crab carcasses around my house. <laughs> yeah. I really love that. Um, oh, I think the usual, like, writer's block, you know, when you know that the scene could be better and it's not, or when people cut characters Helly, stop cutting my characters <laughs> <laughs> poor little sister of Lolita yeah poor, poor Cassie um yeah so that's kind of more normal response <laughs> yeah yeah definitely you've redeemed yourself slightly no I, this is great the weirder the better this is yeah. brilliant I, truly oh no I love it. So do you read a lot of crime fiction or are you more varied in your reading choices? I don't, I don't know. I read, I read a little bit, which is, which is again why I feel weird being in this genre. Podcast. Uh, oh. um, not supposed to be here. <laughs> um, I, read a, I read a little bit. I think, I think for me, I'm really, oh, this is going to make me sound really awful. I'm really judgy and mean <laughs> like about books like I, if I if I don't like the first couple of pages I just won't read anymore I have no yeah. staying power to get through at all life is short I, yeah I mean I just I just can't do it so so I think that means that I I don't read a lot of new stuff mm. unless I know that I know someone's told me that it's really really good then I'll actually read it and I just kind of read stuff that I've already read. Also, I find it really hard to read stuff when I'm writing, unless I'm already familiar with it, because mm. I feel like I overanalyze it and I don't really enjoy it in the same way. Yeah, you're in work mode, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there something that's like an instant turn off for you that will just make you go, oh, absolutely not reading this? Or is it just the kind of vibe of, mm, it's not good no. to me? No, I will, I will give it a chance for the first couple of pages. And then if I don't like the writing or I don't, or I don't, I, I just don't, I just don't like it. I just, I'll just stop. Yeah. But yeah. That is fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Lots of books out there. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So one of the reasons for me asking that was, uh, what was the last book that you read and loved? Okay, so no, that was quite recent because um, my publicity um, manager at HarperCollins um, really sweetly sent me some books that she thought that I would like. Oh, <laughs> I know, nice. she's so lovely. Um, and one of them was Impossible by Sarah Lotz, which isn't a thriller, but she is basically like the new David Nichols. It's like the new One Day. And it is so good. Um, so I usually read in the bath. Um, mm. I, I, I just, I love reading the bath. I've always done it. I don't know why. And I was in there for like an hour and read a, about a third of the book. <laughs> and 
there was a there's a twist that comes in the first third which is just like earth shattering it is so good it's so good I had to get out of the bath and message my editor because she's also the Sarah Lott's editor and be like what the hell just happened because I've just read these pages five times just to make sure that I've understood what's happened in this book it was it's so good I sold I'll get it yeah how exciting when you get a book like that it's so rare I know I know it's really good I I recommend it but it's not a thriller it's it's more I wouldn't even say romance it's more it's just like one day you know yeah no that's good I think it's it's good to we I like to read beyond just thrillers as well so it's always good to get recommendations from all genres I know what's coming now and I'm excited what Sarah you have to do it one time it's always me that has to do it do it Frankie nails it it's amazing (laughs) it's too kind so basically this is where I have this is the part of the podcast Ella where I have to tell you some really bad news unfortunately um and given what you've said so far I'm fascinated to hear where this is gonna go there are so many of there are so many possibilities with this knowing you now unfortunately you have committed a heinous crime so heinous in fact that they have restarted death penalty okay and uh you've been sentenced to death unfortunately my first question with this is what crime do you think you committed which one do you think you got caught for okay first of all first of all i'm not bothered i'm not bothered that i've committed a crime i'm more bothered that i've been caught for a crime because yeah clearly i could have been better at covering my tracks and i am disappointed with this you know new self yeah, I'm sorry. Um, it was it was really just bad luck. Everything you yeah. planned was perfect, but it just yeah, the timing was wrong or something. What, what did I, you do? What do I think I've done? Yeah. Do, so I have to have killed someone. No, it could be any crime. I mean, you've got a lot of options oh. already. Oh well, it'll clearly be a financial crime. Like I. Would... Oh okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Of course why it bother, will. Why bother killing someone? I mean, I might kill someone in maybe some kind of intricate insurance faking my own death so that maybe I kill, I'll kill myself yeah like but fake my own death to you know run off with x million pounds and go and live in Bali somewhere like that mm. I would do yeah that's okay I would do can I just ask are you taking your husband and children because you've not mentioned them she's faked her own death to run off Sarah I mean what's no, really weird it? is that I'm like while you're asking me this question I'm weirdly planning it as a novel and of course, <laughs> Please. Of course it's gonna look like I've just abandoned them but actually they're in on it the whole time <gasps> love it please write that uh, nice yes and that way you can go and sit, see your husband to look him in the eye after this conversation and not worry in case he <laughs> ever hears it. It's so smart. Good thinking. Uh, okay, so for some reason, you're, you faked your own death to run off with a million? Millions. I mean, a million is a bit low, isn't it? Let's be I honest. think so. For Barley, I think Cost if you want to do living, it right. Cost of living. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> exactly. Let's say a good forty. I think forty would be all right. Forty million. And I think maybe, maybe inadvertently, the money came from somewhere like really important. Like you accidentally stole it from the NHS or something, or something that people (sighs) really care about. I'm just trying to think why the death penalty would be brought in for this. Okay, fine. You didn't know. You didn't know it was coming from somewhere important. How about I just kill someone who finds out? Okay, Mm. so that's straightforward murder, and you can give me the death penalty for that. I don't feel that bad about it. 
I can tell, truly. <laughs> 40 million, whatever. You've got to do Not what you've sure. got to do. It's worth it. I would kill a lot of people for 40, 40 million. 40 million, it's a lot of money. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, if that was an option. Okay, so you've committed, you stole 40 million, faked your own death, but did get seen by someone and you killed them. And that's fair. what got you caught, you see. Fair, mm. fair, okay. Crime of passion in the moment because you were too disappointed to miss out on barley. Yeah. So you got caught and unfortunately you've been sentenced to death. But yeah. the good news is you we will make you your death row meal of your dreams. Yeah. And it can be anything from any time in your life that anyone has made at any okay. point, anything you want. We'll make it for you. What what what's your order going to Wait, be? Wait, are are you guys making it? We oh, don't no, no, have we, don't, to. we can if you we'll want. Get someone good, don't worry. Whoever you want. Well, because what I was gonna say is what I really want is my husband's risotto, but it has to be mm-hmm. him that's made it. Okay. But we'll it's complicated because he can't I don't want him to know that he's making it because then he'd be sad. Oh. Does he not know that you've been sentenced to death? I was going to say, he'd just be really sad. It'd be like a really sad risotto. It's full of salty tears crying into it. Mm. I like how your biggest fear is that his sadness will ruin your risotto. (laughs) (laughs) The cheese might not melt as well. You you know, he has to remember our cheese rule, which is like more cheese. There is a more More cheese cheese. rule. More cheese. That's a great rule. (laughs) Ne- more cheese has never spoiled the meal like it's 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 just impossible for that to happen so he has to use a lot of cheese and he has to use the herb mix which he gaslighted me about last week what i know okay he might be in death row next to you for this tell me what tell me about the herb the herb gaslighting oh so i so, <laughs> so we put mixed herbs on the no he put mixed herbs on the alexa shopping list which is a whole different issue because Alexa is a thing of the patriarchy just <laughs> intended to destroy my life, which we have many arguments sure. about. So he put mixed herbs on the shopping list and I said, Tim, you don't need herbs on the shopping list. I bought a massive box of it last week. And he said, don't gaslight me. <laughs> he said to me, Oh, classic gaslighter gas move. Me. Don't gaslight mm-hmm. me. I used the herbs last week in my risotto. And I said, you have not used that many herbs. I bought a mass and I, I literally showed him the dimensions i was like i've bought a big fish little fish yeah i've mixed herbs and he said you're gaslighting me so i said fine (laughs) i'll buy another mixed herbs and we got home and he hadn't seen a massive (gasps) box of mixed herbs so he had he had gaslighted me wow um i bet that risotto tasted all the better knowing that you morally had won that particular (laughs) argument so it needs to be (laughs) a moral victory Maybe it needs to be that batch of risotto, the one with the moral victory in. Yeah. Yes, delicious added ingredient. Much better than sadness and goes perfectly with cheese. Love that. So good. So good. Okay. And do you you want a dessert as well or are you just sticking to the risotto? Oh, gosh. Dessert. Um, I want one of those. So in the Ivy Cafe, they have these chocolate bomb things. Have you had one of these? Yes. Yes. And it's so good. And... Then someone comes around and they pour hot salted caramel on. Mm. It's just yeah. the best. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd have one of one of those. Nice, very good shout. And hopefully, the waiter pouring the, the sauce wouldn't be too sad either, because that might ruin the bomb. <laughs> you might you cry in your bomb. <laughs> Everyone's crying all over all the food. It's very unhygienic. Don't, don't cry into my bomb. <laughs> I'll ask for one. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, okay, you've had your meal. You're full up, full of risotto, cheese and sauce and caramel sauce. Um, but you have now been put to death. Yeah. So you are dead. 
sorry sarah over to you r.i.p uh, so but r.i.p um a final gift to you you can be buried with the book of your choosing which book are you taking with you into the afterlife i have an official book and a fake book right okay we can both in we give us the in. fake book first fake book isn't a fake book because i don't love it okay mm. um it's just the more intelligent book yeah so <laughs> So the fake book is Wide Sargasso Sea by Jean Reese, which okay. is yeah. a feminist prequel to Jane Eyre. And Jane Eyre yeah, is I've just the it. worst book ever. I, what? Yeah, no, I'm oh with my you gosh. on that one as well. Mm. It's so bad. It's bad. <laughs> I hate Jane Eyre so much. And I've, I've always hated her. And I, so we did it for GCSD. And then I read it again. And I just thought, I still hate you. She's so boring. <laughs> All these awful things happen to her. And the only interesting thing in her life is that she meets Mr. Rochester. And then she doesn't yeah. become his mistress because she has morals. I mean, come on, it's so boring. Yeah, it's not very sexy. I'll give it's you that. not sexy. And the problem is, mm. I know that I should like it because, you know, it's very feminist, okay. women, values. But I don't. And that just makes me feel even more judged. And I hate it even more. <laughs> but why it's a gas AC, so interesting because yeah. it's the... Um, backstory to the woman in the attic and then you realize that Rochester is this psycho who's been involved in this weird game of attrition for years and years to break down his wife and put her in the attic it's so messed up that's really yeah good. that's good that's okay good. so that's the fake choice now fake what's choice. the real choice the real choice is um have you read the bronze horseman trilogy by Pauline no. Simons so it's this like really ridiculous it's not that ridiculous because it's real and I love it. Romance um, oh. about, yeah, I know. And I don't really read romance and it's slightly ridiculous, but it's about this Russian girl in uh, 1940s Russia before the invasion of the Germans who falls in love with this Russian major who isn't actually Russian. He's actually American and he yeah and they they it, it kind of spans russia and then they end up moving to america and they have these kids and it's just it's really good and it's really romantic and it's just amazing and i always read it when i'm really ill and it makes me feel so much better oh, no that's wow. a really good choice to take into your coffin then oh, i like on. it i think you you've covered like the intellectual you know the kind of the darker heavier side and you've also mm. got this, the comforting side which i think you'd want in the afterlife you'd yeah. want that soft romantic comfort yeah is it sexy it is very sexy yeah nice but not in in a like really gross way you know it's like sometimes you read some of the romance stuff and you just this is this is not it's not like that it's just very it's how relationships should be you know nice very good nice not gaslighting each other over herbs things like that in the book (laughs) yeah that's just real life that's just so real <laughs> i can't wait to read that in your next book that chapter <laughs> oh ella this has been so much fun talking to you oh thank, thank you, you so much <laughs> i'm sorry we've kept you so long normally we're wrapped up after about oh, it's fine minutes, just, so we've, yeah. sorry that i've shown you how weird i actually am i <laughs> love it love it <laughs> truly love it where can people find you on social media to follow me for more weirdness and other oh my <laughs> gosh uh it's the real ella king on instagram and twitter brilliant thank you
And Sarah, where can people follow us on social media? This is a test because Sarah doesn't know the name of this podcast. <laughs> I swear to God, she gets it wrong every time. Mortifying. Um, it's at, at Red and Buried Podcast on okay, all the socials. Good. Thank you. 20th time's the charm. Thanks, Sarah. It's taken a year. <laughs> <laughs> and you can email us at redandberrypodcast at gmail.com if you've got any ideas for future interviews we should do or books we should read we always love to hear from people so yes. great well thanks for listening everyone we'll be back very soon with more book fun and games bye bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> we're really good at ending this Hi, I'm Colin. I'm Ian. And I'm Tracy. And we dig music. Just not always the same music. Each episode, we pick our 10 favourite songs from a specific year, rate them, and then battle it out over a top 30 countdown. Colin's pretty enthusiastic about most stuff, Ian less so. And Tracy definitely owns a thesaurus. And one of us will regularly be told to f*** off. <laughs> so join us each month to hear what we dig and what we don't. Listen to We Dig Music wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on WeDigPodcast.com or we're on the We Made This Podcast Network, which you can find at WeMadeThisNetwork.com.